0: Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. In today's episode, I will be speaking with Sarah Kahn, who is a podiatrist that is passionate about supporting people with diabetes. We have been wanting to do this discussion for some time um, because we we know how important it is. And as I mentioned in the intro of the, the podcast, it's not a subject that's talked enough about. Usually people are not paying attention to their feet until something goes wrong, and that's true for anybody if you have diabetes or not. The feet are our foundation of everything that we do, and we should really take care of them because we need to literally depend on them for a lifetime. So Sarah Kahn is going to talk to us about what podiatry is, how we can take care of our feet, and more. Sarah graduated in 2009 from the University of Wales Institute, Cardiff, with a bachelor's in podiatry. She has over 10 years of experience in the field working in both the NHS in the UK and also in private practice here in Dubai. She also worked with the foot at risk team in West Wales, where she worked in the areas of diabetes and wound care. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have with me Sarah Khan, who is a podiatrist working in Dubai at the Parkview Hospital. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Welcome. Good to be on, finally.
0: <laughs> yes, so happy
1: we could do this.
0: Now, before I begin with questions, I want to share with everyone how we met, because I think it's pretty interesting how the universe works. And as a health and wellness coach, and we always talk about you know manifesting what you want or doing things with integrity, putting the energy out. A few months ago, at the beginning of the year, there was a business networking event, socially distant one, that I went to. And I did this small, like they give you 90 seconds to pitch what your business does, just so other people can hear it. And then if someone wants to come up and talk to you about that after they can. And a man approached me and he introduced himself and what he did. But he said, Oh, but you should really meet my wife because she is a podiatrist that is passionate about diabetes. And I nearly, like, I not nearly, I froze because I'm not kidding when I say that morning, as I was getting ready to get up and start my workday, I said to my husband, I said, if I could just find a podiatrist that was passionate about diabetes. That same morning, that same day. So within about twelve hours, it happened. So and here we are, and I'm so happy that your your husband introduced us because yeah, podiatry some- is it's a discussion that you know needs to happen that is not talked about enough, and many people are not even aware of it. People don't even know what podiatry is. So why don't we just start there from the beginning? Can you please tell us exactly what is podiatry?
1: So podiatry basically feet, anything that can go wrong with the feet, but not solely feet. So we actually learn hip downwards. So I always say to patients, you have to think of of the feet as your foundation. You're the building, these are your foundation. So, so many things can stem from your feet, whether it be little aches and pains in your knee, whether it be sensation, corns, calluses, ingrown toenails. There's so much in the feet, and a lot of the time we take our feet for granted. Patients do a lot of self-treatment or doctor bathroom, as I like to call it, before they even come through the door. And like you say, podiatry is very misunderstood. So when I qualified, um, they actually had just changed the 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 name of it. So it had gone from being chiropody or chiropody um, in the UK to being podiatry, which is the American term, so that was in 2008. They really wanted to to push it away from being seen as just somebody that comes and, and cuts granny's toenails, um, to being a profession that diagnoses and treats um, more more complex um, conditions and problems, but also working within a a bigger team. So with the endocrinologist, with the rheumatologist, alongside the physios, the orthopedics. So, you know, that's, I've been qualified 12 years now and, you know, it has pushed on. There's a lot of work around the world and, you know, in Dubai as well to kind of promote what, what podiatry is and, and what we do certainly in, in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, they don't actually have the training for, for podiatry. So a lot of the podiatrists that I know certainly here have come from from Europe. I think there are a few American trained, but you know we're kind of almost building a little army to uh, to promote you know what we can do and how how we can help for for everybody you know for for many many problems issues um, and conditions.
0: Well, that's why I said to my husband, I really want to find a good podiatrist because. I don't really know of maybe one or two, I'm sure there's probably more, but I don't want to say that they're hiding, but like you said, because it's not seen as a profession that medical schools are educating or a certification program or, or really, it's still very, very new in this region. It's very hard to come by. And despite all the glamorous, you know, spas and people going to get pedicures and everything here, people don't ever think of it. You know, in the same terms of you know whether it's physical therapy or or an m d or something like that, so that is just starting to to really change and what kind of conditions are you typically dealing with as a podiatrist?
1: so for myself my my background is is diabetes and wound care, so that's that's sort of my passion, and that's where my career has taken me. but you also have the general podiatry, so that would be. Um, your ingrown toenails, your corns, calluses, anything that's sort of hurting the foot. Veruca is very, very prominent here because of uh, the environment and sort of the outdoor lifestyle. And then you have um, this. The second route is sort of the biomechanical side. So the sports injuries, you know, the orthotics um, and the management of the the biomechanics of the foot. But, you know, they, they do also overlap. You know, you have to have an understanding of of both of them and, and look at the foot as a whole. And I think that's where podiatry is quite unique, because even if we have a bit of crossover with, say, dermatology or orthopedics or physiotherapy, we're looking at the foot slightly differently, I would say, and kind of understanding the structure of the foot, the mechanics of the foot and you know, for example, an ingrown toenail might not just be an ingrown toenail. It might be that somebody has a flatter foot posture, and that's the the pressure that they're putting on it. Um, so it is, say, so it's, it's really looking at, at the foot as as the foot and and everything that's going on. That's fascinating.
0: Actually, based on what you described, it sounds like technically we should all go to a podiatrist before something goes wrong and get checkups and make sure we have the right shoes because. It it just sounds all very complex, and when you start thinking about your feet and the muscles and tendons and everything happening there, should Definitely. we wait until
1: something's wrong, or should we come to you before? I mean, I'm a, a big believer in uh, prevention is better than than cure, and it's not saying that everybody needs to now rush and and see their closest podiatrist, but you know, it. I think we ignore our feet, not just with, with diabetes, for example, but everybody does. We get up in the morning we put on our shoes and and off we go. It does amaze me sometimes how long people put up with problems in their feet and how long they put up with pain. Yeah, I have patients come to me and say, oh, this has been a problem for, for six months, two years, 10 years, and it's just been ignored. And, you know, I often say, if this was on your hand, would you ignore it? And they say, no, of course not. We would go and see the doctor straight away. But it's almost, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, And too often, you know, patients put it down to I've worn the wrong shoes today or I've done too much on my feet. Instead of, you know, thinking this isn't right. Pain is not a normal thing. We shouldn't have to have pain in our feet because the long term impact can be, you know, so, so much more damaging. You know, I've got 26 bones in each foot a foot isn't exactly a a very big, big area. So everything going on in that, you know, even a a slight compression on a nerve can have a a bigger impact. So, you know, I think it's more understanding the foot, having an awareness of your foot, having an awareness of your footwear and and what you're doing instead of just carrying on as, as if it's normal.
0: And so for prevention, are there things that we can do at home or on our own to take care of our feet or take better care of
1: our feet? The best bit of advice I think I can give any patient or, or person is moisturizing your feet. It doesn't have to be with a particular foot moisturizer unless you have particularly dry or, or cracked skin, but just keeping good skin integrity. Um, it's so important. And good footwear. You know, footwear is is really, really important. This region, we we sometimes struggle a bit with that because we tend to be in flip-flops or sandals, but, you know, having an awareness that walking around Dubai mall in flip-flops for four hours is, is not the best thing for your feet. And we've all done guilty. it. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> <We've done it. laughs> and then I felt it <laughs> after. I was guilty. like, oh, maybe that wasn't <laughs> the best choice. But yeah, and it, it's, you know, knowing where you can go if you do have a problem. Saying, knowing that there is such a thing as, as podiatrists, that there is, somebody that does specialize in the foot you know too often patients perhaps have had antibiotics for a condition when actually they just need a toenail sectioned you know a bit of nail removed so say it's it's knowing the the right person to go at the right time and said and say not ignoring it so and
0: when you talk about the right shoes to wear I'm sure (laughs) no pun intended no one size fits all Exactly. however when we're out there looking for shoes what should we be looking for
1: again this is an uh, quite an important one with actually making sure you try on both shoes in the shop I think we've all done it where we've gone into a shoe shop tried one foot on gone great I'll take a pair of these and then take them home and and they're, they're not the right shoe most people have one foot slightly bigger than the other so say so trying both shoes on is is really important I think you know having some form of support um, is is good um, you know for example if we're looking at a school shoe with the children you know having some sort of fastening is better than a slip-on having some good sole you know nothing too flat and and too hard because especially in Dubai the floors are so perfect so everything is so hard and so flat so if you haven't got that shock absorbency in your shoe it's going to hurt you're going to start getting a little bit of discomfort in it because say there's nothing to sort of support the foot there you know it it's not about necessarily everybody going out and and having an orthopedic shoe for example because that's not practical (laughs) it's choosing the right shoe for the right occasion like I, like I said, if you're going to Dubai Mall, make sure you put, you know, a sports shoe, a trainer, something supportive on. If you're going to the beach or the pool, of course, it's fine to wear your flip-flops, but it, it's choosing the right shoe for the right activity. Changing your shoes as well is quite important. I have a lot of patients that say, this sports shoe is, is so comfortable. Why am I getting foot pain? But they've had it for two, three years. And of course, it's comfortable because it's, you know, it, it's worn into your foot. But again, it's lost its shock absorbency. It's lost its supportive function for when you're perhaps running or playing, playing sports. So, you know, ch- making sure that your shoes are in good nick. Another thing um, is the wear, you know, the wear on the heels. And um, sometimes handing down shoes to siblings or family members, it can actually cause that family member pain. Because if the wear pattern is different on the shoe, of course, then the the foot is going to be put in a slightly different position, which can lead to little niggles in the knee or say heel pain, for example.
0: Mm, I never thought of that. So now you have me rethinking the shoes that I use for my home gym, using the term loosely, because when we (laughs) went into COVID, everyone's working from home. I'm like, oh, I just use these old ones, but I spend more time exercising at home like inside the heels all falling apart because they're just an old pair of running shoes that I keep only for inside now. So you think I think they I, uh, exactly, but maybe they're not. Oh no. <laughs> I go, Oh no. Or, or I'm upcycling <laughs> now that my son's foot is getting bigger. He's into basketball. He's got this really cool pair of shoes. I'm like, Oh, they fit me. So yeah. I can't, I'm like, I, so, so now you're saying I shouldn't use them. <laughs> He'll probably be excited to hear that because he'll find it embarrassing that I'm, (laughs) even that I'm talking about this, if he hears the podcast, he'll be like, mom, don't do it. (laughs) So you mentioned you were passionate about diabetes, which I am too, obviously. And I love that. And I think to work in podiatry and with people with diabetes, that's super important. What led you to, to that passion?
1: It's actually when I I started my first NHS job, um, which was in Bristol and Bristol at the time had one of the highest um, wound care rates in in the UK. So a huge percentage of of my caseload were diabetic patients that had wounds on their feet. Um, So it's not just the treatment of the patient. What I really enjoy is the education side. So making sure that these patients are aware of the problems that can happen in diabetes, how that they can look after their feet. But not just the patient themselves, family members. You know, obviously diabetes can affect anybody at any stage in their lives. So it's not just old people or older people getting getting diabetes. It's obviously the, the type ones, the little ones as well. So you know having a good education about the foot from from day one can prevent so much happening. And even, you know, the conversations that patients have between themselves as well, it's not just, you know, podiatrist to patient. And then when I moved back to Pembrokeshire, I was put into the diabetes team. So the podiatry team with the diabetes. So that's pretty much what I did day in, day out was, was diabetic um, patients and, and wound care and actually developed the program then for the education with the diabetes whereby patients would come to an education session before sort of coming through to podiatry so you know that that passion for, for diabetes is is not just from the treatment it's it's the prevention as well um, that that's so important and so the the education and not just educating patients either it's also your colleagues um because podiatry being a little bit unknown. Um, It's important that you say your your colleagues also know what you can do and where to refer the patients to, even with regards to their annual foot check, for example. Um, You know, it's really important that that is done, because if you can pick up a a problem before it becomes a problem, you know, you could be saving somebody's limb, you know, to to an extreme. Mm -hmm.
0: So when we talk about amputation and diabetes. And this is one reason why I wanted to find a podiatrist, because when we, one of the big things that always bothered me when you go to Google and you type in diabetes, and it always talks about amputation. And I think there's still a misunderstanding that diabetes means that you're going to get a foot or something amputated. Definitely. And we know that's not the case. And of course, if diabetes is managed well, and we're taking care of ourselves, that should not be the case. What yeah. advice could you give to people with diabetes as far as in addition to, you know, moisturizing regularly? What else should they be doing to take care of their feet? And when should they come see you if, if you know, in addition to like a regular checkup, but if there's something... Indicator or something that happens when you know is a red flag they should come visit you.
1: Yeah. Um, so, like I say, everybody ideally should have a, a foot check once a year, which looks at your your blood supply, your nerve supply, and the condition of the foot. It's a lot easier for for podiatrists to to pick up on problems as opposed to the patient themselves that might not necessarily think something is is a problem or or an issue. Looking after your feet, so you know making sure that your socks are changed regularly, that your shoes are, are not fitting too tightly, that again you're wearing the right shoe for the the right task in hand. The two main things we, with diabetes in the foot that can happen are the loss of sensation, so the damage to the little nerves in in the feet, but also the the loss of the circulation or the blood flow to the feet. So. There are a few things that that can happen because of this. So, for example, the loss of sensation, you're not always aware of hurting your foot. So, for example, if you stepped on something, are you aware that you have stepped on something? Has it caused a little wound? Is there a foreign body still stuck in the foot? So checking the feet, you know, even if you can't get to your foot physically, putting a mirror on the floor and looking at the underneath of the foot or asking a family member to check, making sure that the the toenails are are cut cut straight across, not cutting down the sides. If you do go for pedicures, again, making sure that they don't prod and poke too much. It's really important to make sure that that happens because even a, a tiny little bit of nail piercing the side can lead to a bigger problem some patients with diabetes are more prone to infections um, certainly if the, sh- the sugar isn't isn't controlled and if that infection isn't treated of course it can can lead to to a bigger problem same so management of the foot fungal infections is another thing that can be more more prominent certainly in in this region where the environment is is a lot hotter we tend to to be a little bit more active. So we are more prone to to fungal infections because fungus loves warm, moist environments. So making sure that your socks are changed regularly, using um, perhaps antifungal sprays, powders, even natural antifungal treatments like, like tea tree oil is one of my, my favorite things. You know, diluting it a little bit in um, some olive oil or coconut oil and just applying to the, the feet and the nails can help combat any, any fungal infections. But also if you do notice anything, whether it be discoloration in the, in the nail, dryness in the skin, you know, seeking advice and not just Dr. Google, because like you, you said, a lot of Dr. Google but goes straight to, to amputations. And, you know, it, it's sad as a podiatrist for me that when I have patients come in that are so worried that they're going to end up with an amputation because their uncle has had one or their, their mother, you know, a family member has, has ended up with an amputation. You know, as a podiatrist, it's so important that we try and prevent these things from happening and say education is a big part of that.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I think one of the first times I met you, met you, and and you were telling me about, you know, podiatry and what you do. And I just felt so much better because also with the child with diabetes, it's something you know you worry about for the long term because he was diagnosed so young. But I think, you know, I always say on the podcast, go ask your doctor. I but if if you're if you have diabetes, you're seeing an endocrinologist, I don't think they're gonna say don't get your feed checked. No, true. Oh, I think yeah. So. <laughs> so it's this is really really great advice, and I love that about tea tree oil. I love tea tree oil. So now okay. I have I, I learned something new every time I talk to you, and, and this is like a, a gem that that we we can all all be doing. So when someone comes for a checkup, because I saw you in action, I actually took my son to see Sarah a couple of weeks back that he had a foot injury, um, at school in PE, they were playing capture the flag. And I guess it was really intense and he fell and then he kept complaining of foot pain. And so I thought, okay, it's time for him to get a checkup. It had been a while since he had seen a podiatrist. I took him once before when he said he was having some sharp pain and I was worried about neuropathy, even though he's fairly well-managed, but then I, I took him to see Sarah because that previous appointment had been a while and I got to see her in action. And it's more than just like her looking at your feet. She does so many different things to make sure that everything is, is functioning and as it should be. Can you tell us what someone should expect from a thorough podiatry checkup?
1: Okay, so podiatry check, um, when I do it, first of all, you need to know about the, the patient's diet. By diabetic history, how is their HBA1C, you know, how are they feeling in themselves? Because you know that that education starts from the moment somebody walks into the door. And it might be a case that perhaps a patient hasn't even seen their endocrinologist for a number of years. They're almost self-medicating, they've not been for a checkup. So sort of asking these questions to a patient and making them think about their own care with the diabetes in general is always a good place to start because if they haven't been to see somebody it's important that you kind of let them know that they should be going to see somebody for for even you know their general checkup so once I get you onto the the patient chair there's two main things that I'm, I'm looking at like I said it's the blood flow so most of the time with a podiatrist, as long as they have it to hand, it will be done with a, a little handheld Doppler. So that's looking at your your pulses in your feet. You've got two main pulse points, which are on the top of the foot, on the dorsum of the foot, and then behind the ankle bone or the, the malleolus. So making sure that that blood flow is is as it should be. You know, the, there's also things that, that can happen with the, the blood flow that would lead to pain in the back of the leg which is called claudication so again making sure that these questions are asked and letting patients know what they should be looking for you know if you are walking around Dubai Mall and you find you can't go more than 10 steps without a pain is there something going on with the blood flow it's not just the foot itself the foot is the end of the body so the blood has had to travel a long way by the time it gets to your to your toes so say so checking the checking the blood flow with the Doppler if a, if a podiatrist doesn't have a Doppler to hand, they can feel the pulse points with their, their fingers. Obviously, if, if there's any issues with, with picking up the, the pulse points, then, you know, referral on to, to vascular, you know, maybe, maybe something that happens. So once the, the vascular assessment is done, I move on to look at the the sensation, see so your, your nerves. And these are the ones that sometimes patients think are gonna hurt because there's two little little instruments that I use. One is a, a monofilament, 10 grams, which is checking five sensation points on the feet. It's a very, very light touch and some patients are expecting a lot more. sometimes it's a little bit of a, you have to go back to the start once they've kind of got used to the the feeling um, to make sure that they they have or haven't felt it. So that's five five points of sensation. What 10 grams uh, on the monofilament is, it's your minimum threshold of protection. So basically making sure if you stepped on a stone, if you had something inside of your shoe, are you going to feel it? Are you going to be aware that that there is something there? Um, The second little test I do is actually with something called a VibraTip, which is a tiny little device that that sends out a vibration um, sensation. Some patients may have a tuning fork done. I use the Vibra tip because again, it's looking at your minimum threshold of of protection. So once those those little tests are done, it's checking between the toes, the skin quality, looking for the the fungal infections. Is there anything within the nails, on the skin? Is there dryness in the feet? But also looking at your movements in your feet or your, your muscle tone, your strength in your feet, because it's not just... The, the nerve and the blood supply to the foot as a, a whole, it, to the muscles, ligaments, tendons, these also need a blood supply. So if there's anything with the function of the foot or anything to do with muscle weakness, again, is that, that something to do with the diabetes or does it need further investigation? Sometimes we'll have a look, look, little look at the gait and how somebody's walking and, and standing. Um, you know Do they need you know, some support? Do they need some physiotherapy? Do they just need to do some simple exercising at home that's going to help with um, the strength and the the condition of of the foot as well? Um, And then I tend to round up with education, you know, talking to the patient, say, about how to look after their feet, what they need to look out for, and not to panic, you know, And, and if you do notice anything, come to see the podiatrist or, you know, do seek medical, um, medical help, you know, don't just ignore it and think it's, it's okay. You know, it's it's better to go uh, and see somebody for something minor than end up leaving it and and coming in with something uh, much bigger.
0: For sure. And for people that aren't in Dubai that can't make an appointment with you, mm-hmm. what should they look for when they're looking for a podiatrist?
1: For a podiatrist, um, there are different training so depending on of course where you are which part of the world you're in it's certainly for the UK for example it's making sure you're seeing an actual podiatrist um, as opposed to a foot health practitioner who you know can obviously treat the foot but they're not perhaps looking at, at the foot as being a medical condition you know it's it's not just going for a pedicure making sure that, you know, somebody is aware of diabetes in the foot. Um, There's a lot of good um, information out there online as well, you know, if if a podiatrist isn't accessible. And say, you know, even having a family member to check over your foot, kind of knowing what to look for um, and having that education. And say, if a family member thinks, OK, these toenails are not quite, uh, you know, as, as they should be, or the foot is dry, the heels are cracking... And then doing that—that sort of um, self-care at home as well. Okay.
0: And earlier in our discussion, you mentioned about you know some podiatrists specialize in sports and you know activities and things like that for the feet. So, question: all of these shoes that they market to us for different sports—true
1: or Um, kind of false? It's it's a bit of both. Um, It really does depend on. the the sport and activity and you know running shoes or or sports shoes have developed so much over the year um or years and kind of gone are the days of a patient coming in with foot pain and just sort of sending them away and saying buy a sports shoe because also sports shoes have become quite fashionable. So some of them have actually lost their practicality as a as a sports shoe. Everybody's foot is different and I think sometimes we do buy into these these ideas or or these these types of shoe that perhaps don't don't actually suit our foot. You know, I think about eighty five percent of the world's population pronate a little bit, you know when when we stand because our whole body weight is on them. it doesn't necessarily mean you need a sports shoe for over pronating. I think you know when we are doing any any sort of activity, whether it be you know, running hopping skipping jumping your foot's going to tell you if your shoe's not right it doesn't say mean you have to spend hundreds of dollars initially getting a, a certain shoe if actually the footwear that you have is is suiting you like i say it's more important to have that good shock absorbency and that good ankle support um you know some of these sort of knitted and, and lighter shoes don't actually give you any support in the foot so if you are jumping and landing, are you more prone to rolling because you haven't got the support actually on on the shoe? You know, there's I wouldn't say there's a particular brand or model that is necessarily better than 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 another. It's really what what suits your foot.
0: Okay, that's good to know because I guess growing up in a time when yes, you know, Nike Reebok those were the kind of the only two in the beginning. There were a few others. And then, you know, there were running shoes and that was a really big deal to get one for running. And I remember buying like the first one or my first pair of running shoes. And now I struggle to pick one because there's so many, (laughs) this support, that support, long distance, short distance, doesn't make me run any faster, unfortunately. (laughs) And I think it's overwhelming for people, especially if they're just trying to get into a new sport or exercise basketball is a whole nother level because you have all the players and the sponsorships and they look really cool, but maybe they're not as supportive. So that just confuses the matter. So that's, that's really good to know because I think the shoe industry, especially when it comes to sports is a bit overwhelming. And like you said, now the thinner, the thinner ones, I see people wearing them like, Oh, that looks so cool. I mean, often they're really expensive when they look that cool, but <laughs> they they don't give a lot of advice. And it's been my experience that sometimes also people working in large um, sport shops don't really have the training and background to fit somebody for a sport shoe. Yeah. Before I moved here, I used to go when I was running a lot, I would go to a running shop where they had. Now I think they have a software that analyzes how you run. It takes a video of you running on a treadmill. And that's pretty intense and futuristic. And I'm not saying everyone needs to do that. I don't think that's necessary. But like my husband was advised to buy a certain shoe. He went and ran the rack half marathon with it, got a PR, but also got like an Achilles injury in the process because it wasn't, you know, maybe the best shoe for him. So there's a lot to to think about. Very good. Okay. So then, and also socks, are there, is there a particular better kind of fabric of socks
1: to wear? I would say the, the cotton socks and your bamboo socks, like the the bamboo fibers are actually a little bit better um, than the synthetic ones um, from sort of absorption cooling point of view. Again, you can get, it's depending on the activity, you know, you wouldn't want to go hiking in a very, very thin sock that perhaps is a a cotton fiber. You know, you need a little bit more cushioning, but generally day-to-day rule, I would say a a cotton sock is is a better option for you.
0: I wasn't looking to plug it, but when (laughs) you said bamboo socks, in our shop online, we have bamboo socks and I never tried them before. Um, when, when they were, we were approached by this company and they had, you know, these different socks and I said, well, never tried a bamboo one. I'm going to buy one and try it. I love them. They're so soft. And I'm not just saying that to, to sell it. I'm, I'm absolutely in love with these socks. They're amazing. And I get sad, like I only have a couple of pairs, so I'm sad when they're dirty and I need to do laundry again because they're the, the best socks ever. I'll put the link in the show notes if anybody's interested in that. But that, that makes me really happy happy to hear. So my final question, if there's you know any one or two things that you would like the world to know about the most important things about podiatry or taking care of the foot... Any final words or thoughts? What would that be?
1: I think just being aware what podiatry is or who we are and and having access to us. I think, you know, podiatry is so important with diabetes. And, you know, just please go for your annual checkup. You know, even if you think nothing is wrong and your foot has been fine for, for the whole 12 months prior, just go for your annual checkup. I think it's, it's really important, you know, touch base with, with your podiatrist. Um, and even just, uh, you know, to know that everything's okay. You know, it, it, sometimes having that cuddle to go, you're doing a good job is, is actually really, you know, it's really important and it's good to in- enforce this kind of positive attitude towards diabetes. Um, you know and and encouraging patients to to look after their diabetes look after themselves and take their health into their own hands i think you know in the past it's been too easy for perhaps for patients sometimes to just let the doctor deal with it but you know taking this this positive step towards um you know looking after yourself is, is so important um and say you know just checking your feet You know, if you have a tight shoe and it's caused a problem, try not to wear it again. Um, You know, don't always persist and think it's going to get better. Um, And no doctor bathrooming, you know, no (laughs) taking out ingrown toenails or corns with the the scissors in the bathroom cupboard. You know, go and see a professional to get it done. I think that's really good advice. And I'm one of those guilty. I'm like, oh,
0: these shoes are fine. They're going to break in and get softer. And and, and it could be really painful. And I love what you said. And what I'm going to say might be a little bit provocative, but insurance companies, if you're listening, yeah. it would be amazing if you cover podiatry checkups as a preventive measure. It baffles me the number of insurance companies that would rather pay for quote unquote, a cure, which is Mm -hmm. more expensive, you know, sometimes a surgery or a procedure, rather than paying for even one visit per year for a person Mm -hmm. with diabetes to a podiatrist. And I, yeah, because people, then people won't take care of themselves. They're not going to go because maybe they can't even afford it. And by doing that, you're just, you know, increasing the risk of having a complication in the long run and yeah. not saving money. And I was sharing with Sarah, actually, before the call, my son went to her, as I mentioned in our discussion recently, and just to make sure there were no hairline fractures or nothing broken, we said, okay, let's let's get an x-ray. And the x-ray department could not, for our insurance, accept the, um, the order from Sarah, podiatrist, excellent, certified, very experienced podiatrist for an x-ray. So we had to go see the orthopedic surgeon who in the end requested an x-ray of both feet to do a comparison, which is also clinically very acceptable, but it costs the insurance company more in the long run because taking two pictures is more expensive than one. So all I'm saying is, if you work in the insurance industry and you are listening, we are pro-prevention whenever possible. And I think it's very important to encourage people with diabetes to intervene as early as possible. And this can be done if they're going for checkups and then also all of the education that Sarah discussed as well. That's priceless. Yep. So on that note, I think we'll wrap up this interview. Sarah, thank you so, so much for joining me today and taking time out of your busy, hectic schedule to speak with me. I really appreciate it. And I think that this this podcast episode will help so many people because podiatry is something that's very um, relatively new for everyone. Um, if you're out there and you're curious to find more products to support you in foot care, we are actually launching a, a foot care kit. And we've actually worked with Sarah on this project specifically. We are so blessed that she shared her expertise and advice and she's answered all our questions about the products, the best products that you can get. And I just love it so much because we've truly collaborated with an expert on this to, you know, make things better, make your life easier, and have it all available for you. So Sarah, again, thank you for everything that you've done to support us. Well, thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you soon. I want to again thank Sarah Kahn for joining us for this episode of the podcast. It was truly an eye-opening discussion and we learned so much about taking care of our feet. It is much, much more than any of us thought. And we really appreciate that. And also all the work that she does in focusing on people with diabetes. She is truly an expert. The care kits that I mentioned, they have launched and they're now available in the online shop. And we'll put the link for that in the show notes. So please feel free to go there. Have a look. We collaborated with Sarah on those to make sure that we We're selecting the right products for people with diabetes to make sure that you get what you need. And if you have any questions, please reach out to Sarah at the the link that we're going to leave in the show notes. You can make an appointment with her. She's absolutely excellent, an excellent podiatrist and very thorough with her patients. And thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. Have a great day.